Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we like to amplify the voices of those women who tell their story, their meaningful stories, their compelling stories. They're, some are friends, some I've never met before. I'm super excited to introduce you today, Karen Cornwell. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan, and thank you so much for having me on this show. It's very exciting. You bet. We like to have fun on this show. We like to keep it real. Everybody knows I don't edit. It's sort of like people overhearing our conversation, and I think that's more fun, don't you? Oh, it's definitely more fun to be in a conversation than to be in anything that sounds scripted. You know, that's just uh, not entertaining. Exactly. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen? Well, Susan, that's interesting. So, so right now I'm a consultant. I have two businesses, one that does uh, product management and strategic sales, and another that really focuses on people and companies and getting people to be gender savvy. I published my book in 2019, You Can't Fix What You Can't See, an eye-opening toolkit to cultivate gender harmony in business. And of all the crazy things I've done, I'm about to publish my audiobook. You know, Susan, if you really want to have some fun, try recording an audiobook in a house with five people, including three teenagers, and then you're having fun. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, I have a lot of conversation to have with you after this show. Another day, we'll set some time, set aside some time to talk because, um, that's been coming up a lot lately. People want to know more. It's, I think, transgender and gender identity is something that is still not understood and often misunderstood. So um, I'd love to have that conversation with you. Well, let me ask you two books. That's incredible. One is audio. Um, are these, might, might this be your proudest professional accomplishment? If not, what is? No, no, not yet. But let me, let me go back because I have a little more history that, that frames sure. it up differently. So, oh, and I just, I wanted to tell you, I just started my own podcast. Nice. And I have, I, I now have great respect for podcasters and what they have to go through to get a show actually out there. <laughs> and of course, the podcast is the same as with the book. But if you heard all that, you would never guess my past, or most people wouldn't. You know, when I graduated from college, somebody asked me, are you going to go into management? Now, I had an engineering degree. And interestingly, I also had the equivalent credits for a minor in psychology. And at the time, everybody said, why did you do that, Karen? Well, I told him I didn't want to go into management. I always wanted to stay technical. This is one of the times where you get to eat your words. <laughs> I hired on at GE with their engineering training program. Now that sounds technical, doesn't, but that's part of their management training. I was duped. I landed right in the heart of their service business, which was just getting started. And so my early career, we would get phone calls from nuclear power plants saying, this isn't working quite right, right? It's operationally really a pain. Can you fix it? Yikes. And, you know, you'd think that might be kind of hard, right? But realize a nuclear power plant is this interconnected network of systems. So in order to help them, 
I had to learn to communicate across functions, across departments, and to ask really good questions because all of these problems spanned across those things. That is true. It, it really, it's really amazing. So I did go into management, you know, and I learned a couple of important lessons and I, I like to share them with your listeners if that's oh, okay. Oh, please Susan. do. So I was in the perfect job. I totally loved it. Life was, you know, 110%. It was beautiful. But I wanted to lead the group that I was in. And you know what you have to do if you want to lead the group that you're currently in? You must leave. Now, this sounds a little counterintuitive, but it's really true. And it's some advice that I got from a mentor. And he says, no, you have to leave. Now, of course, he was convincing me to come work for him at the same time. And I did leave and I did come back and manage the group that I had been in for several years. Nice. Major, major challenge. You know, and along the way, I got to go to GE Crotonville, which is GE's Leadership Institute, which is mm-hmm. just a total mind expanding session. It, it's just absolutely amazing what they do with leadership there. People and, dream of that. Like that's been, that's on the, on the bucket list, like to be able to get that kind of training. And I'm not just saying that kind of training, they're known for that type, you know, a couple of other big names are also known for their training. That's amazing that you were able to engage and participate. You know, it was, it was amazing. You would be in class and you would literally hear the helicopter coming in. And at the time, Jack Welsh was a CEO and he would fly in and, you know, 20 minutes later, he was in the pit is what they called it. It's a big classroom, but it's elevated, right? So it kind of does look like a pit. Amazing. So that was, I mean, that was really awesome. But, you know, eventually you've got to leave, you know, you've got to leave where you're going. And I left GE and I made a huge mistake. You should try to make these early in your career, by the way. (laughs) Everyone told me you've got to go into manufacturing. You have to have manufacturing experience. And I had been a service girl for quite some time. So I thought, well, I should, I should learn this. You know what I found out? I detest manufacturing. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it doesn't even taste good. It's about, you know, producing the same thing over and over. Right. And my entire career had been spent up until this point, not doing that, but solving problems that no one had ever solved before. You know, that's kind of what we did is, oh, this is a problem. How do we figure it out and, and proceed to do that? So trying to get something to do it the same way every time was totally not interesting to me. That I feel the same way. I, I, like my goal is to grow and change and move and, you know, the, the marble cake, not the layer cake. Yes. And that I, I think that's very important. And it really it really gives you depth. Right. It really gives you some depth. So. Um, anyway, it turns out this is where paying attention is really important. That happened to be one of the years that you could roll out money from your IRA and, and roll it into a Roth and spread the tax payment over two years. But they, those things always come with catches, right? Right. You had to be under a certain level of income. So I had to quit my job that I hated and switch from going part-time to get my MBA to going full-time. So that wasn't too much of a pain, right? I made it through that. 
I got my MBA and then I went to work at Applied Materials, uh, also in their service area. And Applied Materials is a company that um, they make the machines that make computer chips. Yes, I'm familiar. And now, uh, my listeners may not be like you're talking oh. to someone from your generation. So I know a lot. I know Jack Welch. I know. Ah, okay, great. Yeah, great. Yeah. And then I, I worked there for five or six years. And then at age 45, with a lot of medical support, I had my first child. Wow, that's amazing. So, and I want to tell the ladies out there who are putting this off, the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets, the more harder it gets, the more likely you may not be able to do what you want to do, and the less energy you have. So you really need to think about delaying that. It's it's an important it's an important decision. I would imagine I had my son when I was 35 and although I think I was a better mother cuz I was more mature than some of the people who had children in their early 20s or so, I was tired. I'm like now like when he was in his teens he's like let's go hiking and I'm like mom needs a nap. Mom can't get up off the couch, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I worked but you know um, no, I it's too. If I were a younger mother, I might have been able to do more of that. So, and you can do it. I want to say, and I'm having a total blast with it. But um, it does. It is going to take a little more energy. Yeah. So I'm home with this brand new baby, and a funny thing happened. My husband is a chef. He's a marvelous chef, and he he cooks in private people's homes, right? So he can do like one client a day. And he thought, why can't I make this business so more people can use it, right? So we can we can feed more people, right? Because yeah. he says, honest, some of these people that have all this money, I mean, they eat, you know, they eat garbage. <laughs> they could afford a lot better and, and they'd like it a lot better. And so we started a meal prep business and I wasn't going to be involved, right? I'm the new mom trying to figure that out, which is a whole adventure, I'm sure, as you know, Susan. But we started this, I watched him taking orders on a pad of paper, you know, with a pencil. And I'm like, um, you know, I could automate that for you, <laughs> like in my sleep. And he's like, oh, that would be great. Well, we started this business that became Chef Danes. And it was a meal prep business that just superior quality, fabulous. I mean, can you imagine going to make Beef Wellingtons? I mean, you eat that a lot, I'm sure, at home, right? Not, I, yeah, exactly. Not by my <laughs> hand. <laughs> right, right. And I don't think any of the restaurants I used to go to get that are, are open anymore. True. And so we 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 opened up this business and it was it was a whole new world for me, right? I'd been in tech. So this was not, you know, but I'd also never had customers come up and hug me and say, do you know you saved my marriage? Because now I'm bringing that. good food. Home. I, I never had a customer do that when I was in tech. So that it, it had different, different things happen. Well, we yeah. franchised the business afterwards, right? And then of course, after that, we found out that our, our franchise partners were not, let's say they were not after our own best interests. So I ended up negotiating the final dissolution of the franchise partnership while I was in labor with my twins at age 47. Wow. It was a it was an interesting time to say busy was just really an understatement. 
We ran that company for about another year until 2008. Erased all disposable income from Silicon Valley, as near as I could tell. And we had to shut that business down. And I won't forget, you know, one weekend we sat and talked and said, okay, Karen, you're, you need to go back to work. The twins were now eight months old. So I had two eight-month-old and one three-year-old, which is always challenging when you're there. And I got an email from one of my old bosses at GE. He's now a consultant. And he says, you know, there's a company and they want to open an office in San Jose. They want to hire a bunch of ex-GE engineers and they want to move into this sector, right? And I said, well, that, that sounds actually pretty interesting. So, you know, within a month I was in that job and my boss really didn't, this wasn't a position they were anticipating. So I kind of got to create my own job description, which is the best, right? And we worked on it together, but, you know, my boss says, okay, I want you to take this company, Karen. I want you to go out and look at all their technology, right? They have hubs in the U.S. and in France and in Germany. I want you to figure out what products we can deliver now and then what R&D funding we need in order to deliver products in the future. You know, so, you know, we're going we're gonna to build it from what they've got from the ground up. But, you know, that's kind of a big ticket, right? That's kind of a big ask. Yeah. But I was crazy enough to start. And I, and I did that. It was great fun. But eventually I figured out they really weren't interested in investing the money. So I left again. And this time I started a consulting business, which does product management, strategic marketing. But, you know, Susan, my heart was really in getting companies to become gender savvy. I had, been, I had been studying that for, for years and I really, really, really wanted to make that work. And so I started my second company called Attunovation. And in that company, I consult with companies who wanna become more gender savvy. And of course it's you know part of my book and the podcast and everything else. What's so the that's name kind of the podcast, Karen? It's the same as the book. You can't fix what you can't see. I love that name. That's awesome. Well, and what I, you know, what I found was that, that many people don't see the gender divide. They literally don't. I thought for a while that, you know, it's like people are just saying that. But when I finally understood that many people don't see it, that's why I named the book. Now it's a little misleading though, for the podcast, because I started the podcast because when I interviewed people, you, you can imagine I got a million horror stories, right? but only a few success stories. And I said, you know, there are companies doing great things for women out there. I'm going to go talk to them. And that's the basis for the podcast is companies doing great things for women. Let's share what you did. And let's talk about maybe where you tripped because it happens, right? Because that can shorten another company's path. Right. So that's what Learn my podcast from someone else's is about. mistakes rather than your own. You know, you don't have to make them all yourself anymore, Susan. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I have quite a, a, a rich life experience and, and career path and past. 
um, I win or learn, never lose, but now I'm wise and I can look at others and listen and learn from their mistakes. And it's a lot less mind. painful, isn't it? <laughs> totally. And I, you know, I'm never one to say, I told you so. I'm always there to help pick these younger women up. Um, but seriously, if they could learn from my mistakes and I can learn from other people's mistakes, we're, we're really, you know, collaborating and helping. You know, that's the perfect segue. Um, did you want to talk about your proudest professional accomplishment? Although there's so much from which to choose, I would imagine your book, your podcast, your, you know, even your experience at GE. Is there something that you would consider your proudest professional accomplishment? You know, it's really weird. This was the hardest question for me. And and maybe I have, a, there's a long list, but I, I, narrow, I think I narrowed it down, Susan. It's walking off of cliffs and learning to fly on the way down. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. And, that you know, this so is powerful. this is one area where. Um, and I was terrified, right? When I left many of these companies, I walked into the unknown. Right. Black when hole, you, the darkness. It, yeah. it, well, I, you know, GE, I worked there for 17 years. Right. So, you know resume right, <laughs> we, we, right. You know, we didn't we what didn't, is that <laughs> we didn't need that so you you, you just kind of have to start all over and figure it out but but I think for, for your audience's perspectives don't be afraid to shut a door because sometimes I think you have to shut the door maybe even slam it before another door opens interesting that's so, a unique different take on it uh, well, let me ask you this. Did someone mentor you along the way or sponsor you in your journey? You know, I had the most fabulous first boss. And of course, at the time, I, I didn't even get it. And he was like my, my first boss, my third boss, my fifth yeah. boss. Because nice. he, he hired me five times, right? Uh, he kept moving around the company and I kept moving around. And he had this awesome combination of humbleness you know it's all about the team and so he steeped us in that there would be none of this you know me 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 thing it better be we 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 right love it uh, which is pretty unusual for you know for a guy in technology but but he was that way and he led by engaging everyone there everyone in the group had something that they brought to the group that was their you know that was their gift to the group this group was hilarious. We became known as the Cowboys because we learned to shoot from the hip and go <laughs> where people had not gone before. Nice. That was, you know, that was our, that was our job. So um, he was absolutely amazing. And it wasn't until I left the company that I really fully understood some of the horrific business practices that were out there. Yeah, I had no idea I was in a protective bubble until I left. And, you know, that makes my urgency to get this whole gender divide fixed because um, women shouldn't have to fight this battle, you know, in addition to just the battle of how do you get your job done? You, we really shouldn't have to do that. It's too painful. And it's just nonsensical. I mean, having equity in the workplace improves the bottom line. It, it, it encourages creativity, innovation, you know, being curious about other people's experiences and offerings. 
ideas, that's the way to go. We don't all have to speak, act, and sound white male, right? So. Oh, correct. Definitely. Yeah. In fact, we're so much better off if we have a diverse team and, you know, all the studies have, have proven. Yeah. Let me ask you, that's a perfect segue to this question. How can women lift one another up and support other women in business? Now, this one was not so, not so hard for me. And I have a couple of things for you. So I think women can explore and learn to leverage gender differences. Once you know these differences, then you can see them when they're happening and you can use them. So there are things like, you ought to be aware, men get extra points for being angry at work. Women have points removed if they're angry at work. And there's a kind of a mental philosophy for men. Well, it, the environment made him do it. Something happened and that made him angry and, and he's justified in that. But for women, we don't get that, right? What, what we, we get don't is- get the hall pass. We don't get the free, yeah. You are out of control. Right, As she's a woman, so emotional. You're she's too, too emotional. You're, you're out of control and, and you know, you can point this out. Yeah, I teach a lot of tightrope bias and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and it's, yeah. and there's a million of these things that I talk about in my book. I, the second big point is to speak up and start a conversation. Now, the business world is geared not to have these conversations. You know, if it's not about directly about the work and the things we're doing, we don't need to be talking about it, right? Because we need to focus on our work. So, but you can speak up. You can, at the, in the middle of a meeting, you can go, you know, I noticed that Michelle just got interrupted several times and I'd really like to hear what she has to say. I agree. The best one I got is from Adam Grant. And, you know, people sometimes make really cutting, nasty remarks and there's like an eye roll and the meeting moves on. When that happens, look people in the eye and say, what exactly did you mean by that? Yeah. And you never, you know, you don't really want to force them to answer out loud. The question is powerful. The question itself is powerful. So that's, um, to me, those are things that people can do. And, you know, there's other differences like information. There's a whole group of people that they barter information. It's like trade coins, right? You give me this, I'll give you that. Women typically share information. They, right. don't, they don't barter it. So imagine what happens if somebody comes up and attempts to barter information from a woman who wants to share information. The whole thing tastes bad to her. And the other person, since they barter with other people, may have no idea. Why is she behaving so weird? Right, right. Project. Right. So, so there's a lot of this stuff. You can talk about these things and say, look, this is what I think is going on. So it's just a really difference in how we approach this. So by understanding some of these differences, I think we can do a lot better in the workplace and, and pointing these things out, right? I think we can do a lot better in the workplace and make everyone's life a whole lot easier. I agree. I agree. So I don't know if you realize this, but well, you probably do, but um, the podcast is what I do for a giving teaching and training. Exactly what you just referenced is what I do for a living. 
So I think you and I have a lot in common and we should definitely have follow-up conversations. Oh, you bet. No, I looked at all your websites and I went up. Forget the podcast. I just want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this because we're coming up on the half hour and uh, I don't want to miss the wild card question. Um, So we first want to know, you've shared a little bit about the challenges you faced. Is there a specific challenge you want to share in that you can share how you overcame it? You know, and it was the challenge of coming back and managing the group that I was once a part of. Oh, yeah. And were there a lot of men in that group? uh, Mostly, yeah. 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 And and some of them, you know, realized some of them literally trained me. Yeah, that's really hard. From the, you know, the wide-eyed child coming out of college, they literally trained me. I trained you to do this, Karen. (laughs) Oh, okay. And so when I came back to lead the group, you know, uh, I was now the boss. And so my peers were now working for me. I was young. I was a woman. And I have three, three tips for people. First, understand where people are coming from. Sit down and talk to them find out what their goals are, what they want to do, you can feed into that information. And then second, build the team, right? In training, in working on your projects and in fun, always in fun. We had, my team was known for having the best parties. And everybody came to them and it was great team building. And that's a really important part. And I think sometimes we don't do enough of that to really get. And I think a lot of men in leadership positions don't recognize the value of that collaboration, that team building that, you know, um, and then there are women who mimic men in order to be successful. They're afraid to naturally collaborate and bring the team together and, you know, because they don't want to be, you know, dinged for that kind of behavior. When really EQ and team building and collaboration, those are all the keys to success. Well, and, you know, men for years, you have to realize, have been taught to show no vulnerability ever, right. ever, you know, don't cry in public. Don't, don't do it. Just don't. And it's awful for them. Right. And it's really awful for us because it's it's really hard to admit you're human when somebody else, you know, acts like they're somewhere above human. Right. When we're all human, it's a lot easier to get work done. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I see vulnerability as a strength when you share that you have questions or don't know the answers or are concerned about something you give your team permission to share their concerns and that's when you can course correct or perfect a plan or, you know, show empathy, listen with empathy and not judgment. So I agree with everything you've just said. Um, I do want to ask you, speaking of courage, (laughs) um, do you have the courage to let me ask you a question that I did not share in advance? It's called the wild card question. Oh, sure. Why not? I love it. I knew you would. I knew you would. I mean, I am the one who jumps off cliffs with <laughs> wondering how I'm going to, fly to land. The way down. That's the part that really like, you know, clearly as entrepreneurs, we're risk tolerant. Um, but the fact that you said in learning to fly on the way down that that is, I mean, that's powerful. 
I, I love that. So, all right, I am gonna pull one card from a box of 144 cards and whatever question is on the one card, I'm gonna ask you, are you game? I'm game, let's do it, Susan. All right, here's your card. Oh, this is, I've never pulled this card before. Um, uh oh, is that I've good had, or bad? <laughs> neither, <laughs> it's wonderful, it's wonderful. Um, someone you would like to trade lives with for one day and why? Someone I would like to trade lives with. Well, that's interesting. That's a hard question. It is. I've never pulled it before. That's so wild. Um, I've had 200. Well, I just started doing this at the beginning of 2020 with the wild card question. I've had almost 200 podcasts and um, I guess, I don't know how many in 2020, but that card's never come up. Wow. So I am lucky, but I, now, <laughs> I have it. Now, I, now I have the answer. All right. I would like to be an underwater photographer for <gasps> National Geographic. Nice. That's because I love to dive and there are things underwater that are so extraordinary that they're unbelievable. I mean, you look at some things, you know, spider crabs and some other things, and it's like, how does that even work? How do those things even I work? I love your answer. Right. That, that's, that's so I would, I would really like to do that because it's, it's probably a cliff I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't dive off of, and I'm, I probably wouldn't be good enough. You know, taking pictures of things underwater is hard. <laughs> Karen, have you seen um, my octopus teacher? Oh, you're so funny. Somebody told me about that and I wa I've watched it twice. It is an absolutely excellent cry. movie. Oh my God. It I, is I really, probably would have warded off the sharks and gotten involved. <laughs> right, right. I don't know yeah. that was, that part was a little bit on the scary side. Disturbing. Um, but yeah, amazing movie. Brought tears to my eyes again and again, thinking about it, reading about it as a mother. It just, I just, everything about it. So I love your answer. So I've never asked that question before. And I think your answer is one that I, I too would say, I mean, my dream has always been to, to explore the deep blue, right? Um, I had a nephew who drowned in my pool, however, and then I became afraid of the deep blue, uh, which is, you know, all the more reason I should get certified to dive. You should. Oh, no, Susan, you should. Now, I, I am certified, and so you definitely should. My son it, is getting certified in Hawaii in January, so. If I were you, I'd get a plane ticket and go with him. Well, we'll be there, but I'm not, I'm not ready yet to... Um, but maybe I will someday. That is my dream. Like you really hit a, now you've interviewed the interviewer. Okay, you, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, that's a beautiful So, so you know, I have to tell you, there's a lot of resorts there that, you know, they have people come to the pool and literally you can, this is how I started. I did it in Maui, as a matter of fact. And it's like, try out scuba in the pool. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not scary, right? You're in a pool. You know, nothing can go wrong. 
and you try it out and then literally walk right out into the ocean, you know, and you see that first turtle and it was over for me. It was over. Yeah, was we like, go out to Kaneohe Bay. Uh, we're a military family. So we used to live in Hawaii and we go back a lot. Um, but we go, we're, you're not supposed to go near the turtles, but they do come up, you know, to you. It's they they, so they don't, beautiful. nobody read the rules to them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever heard of the rebreather? It's a, it's a, a tank for deep sea diving you can stay down twice as long because yes those are supposed to be really awesome i've never tried one but i uh i would definitely like to the guy who invented it is a friend and his son um, goes to cal poly and my son is good friends with him because they were raised in hawaii together um and so he, he just left here about 20 minutes ago to head back home to hawaii for thanksgiving and christmas holidays um, but i just think that's so funny there's been so many things in the universe telling me to get my license to dive, you know, get certified. It's time, Susan, it's time. I think so. Hey, lady, you're amazing. You have such a, a mesmerizing voice. I'm like, she's like the podcaster of all podcasters. Now you want a funny, you want a funny bit? Years yeah. ago, the vice president of HR sat down to give me a career chat, right? I was really looking forward to it. And at the end of the whole chat, he says, you, and you know, Karen, your voice is really deep and gravelly. You could probably have surgery to make <gasps> it better. So you oh would sound God. more like a woman. So I have to tell, that's insane. Okay, first of all, <laughs> like in the 90s, I was working in financial services and I was told I had to lower my voice a couple of octaves because I sounded like Minnie Mouse. So uh, big WTF on that, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that is yeah. like. Um, over the line, over the line. Well, you're a delight. You're brilliant. I can't wait for our follow-up conversations. I think together we can change the world and continue some great work we've been doing, but really ramp it up, right? So um, I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. Well, tell me. the people who want to reach you how they can. So you can reach me um, on LinkedIn. I Probably the best place, the easiest place to go is to my book website, you can't fix what you can't see. And there's a contact form there. So if you want to reach me, I love to hear uh, from my readers and my listeners and anybody who cares about gender differences. So um, feel free to drop me a line and we can have a chat. Awesome. Awesome. And you know, I'll be hitting you up. So thank you so much for your time, your talent, your life experiences and sharing your stories and being so funny and being so courageous and just being so awesome. Thank you, Susan. It was really great to chat with you. Now we got to schedule that other call. Will do. My calendar is in my signature line on my uh, email. So let's go ahead and book it now. Cool. Expect an invite. All right. Have a great day, everybody. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Susan. Bye-bye.